Welcome to the Find Your Nutrition Podcast. Here, we'll discuss nutrition for health, wellness, and energy for everyday life. Happy Tuesday, everyone, and I hope you all had an amazing first week of the new year. Um, Yeah, this is the time to make new goals, to be excited, to really start enjoying your life and everything that you're doing. Enjoy the moment. And I really hope you enjoyed the episode last week. We talked a little bit about setting goals and making habits that actually will get you to those goals. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, you know what to do after finishing this episode. And we also talked about, in that episode, a woman who reduced her HbA1c, so her basically her average fasting glucose for the past three months, from 5.8 to 5.2. So she successfully reversed prediabetes, and she talks about everything she did to get that result. It was a really insightful episode, so if you haven't listened to it yet, make sure you listen to it after this one. Okay, so let's get into this week's episode. So I'm going to read through a post of someone who talks about staying consistent with all the changes she made to reverse prediabetes. So let's get into it. Hi everyone. Any experienced prediabetics here? When we first get diagnosed, we go on the most strict diets, no carbs, and work out every day. And we see the initial results come through. The problem is this crazy lifestyle is not so easily sustainable. After some time, it's just so hard to say no to late night drinks with friends. It's so hard to always say no to all those delicious pastries or things we crave. It's hard to plan on business trips or prolong travel. How do you go about managing this condition over longer periods of time? I know the moment I stop watching what I eat, I see spikes immediately after my fasting blood glucose and my fasting blood glucose goes up for a few days. Any similar experiences? So before we get into this, I will talk about when I first was reversing prediabetes. I also noticed this. I would have a bowl of pasta after eating well for a few days, and then I would see the next few days that my levels in the morning were actually much higher and that some of those prediabetes symptoms came back. Um, But now, after a lot longer and a lot more time on a healthier diet, I can still go off of the way of eating and still feel really good after and in the days after also. So someone responds to her, everything in moderation and an occasional treat is not going to hurt. Over time, you'll find that you do not crave them so much which I think is really, really true. After a long time of eating healthy, you really don't crave those treats that that you used to really like and that bread and that pasta and that rice. You find alternatives which are much healthier and that you actually really start enjoying. It might be hard to think you'll enjoy healthy food now, but once you make the change for long enough, you really, really do start enjoying those healthy foods. My weakness is a handful or two of my husband's Gruesome breakfast cereal, last thing at night. I'm going to enjoy Christmas, but once, but only have a tiny slice of pudding with custard and not too many roasted potatoes, with the skins on, of course. Not bought any mince pies this year, as my husband does not like them, so if I don't buy them, then I can't eat them. 
that's another really good tip. Things I know I'm likely to crave eat or things I shouldn't be eating, I just don't buy it and I don't keep it in the house. And that makes it so much easier to maintain my new lifestyle and my new diet. Because if you don't see it in front of your eyes, you won't have that temptation to eat it. And she continues, we'll have an occasional one if having a coffee out. And again, that's fine. You can have your occasional biscuit or treat or, or something that goes off of your 90% of the time healthy diet. It won't make a huge difference. The next person says, I agree with the post above. After time, cravings fade if you generally eat the good stuff. Make sure you prepare things in advance so you always have nice things to eat. Vegetable soups, lean roast meats, salads. That way you are satisfied eating nutritious meals that are not junk or carb laden. I now prefer my new way of eating. And that's me too. I so much prefer my new way of eating. And I make sure I'm prepared with healthy foods. And I'm making sure that I have grocery lists where I know exactly what I want to buy each week. So I have good foods that I look forward to. And if you have food and healthy food that you look forward to, then you won't even be thinking about those bags of chips or cookies or anything like that. And the next person says, yes, you get used to eating good food. Your taste buds change over time. And when you have reverse prediabetes completely, you will have what's called metabolic flexibility. When you get to this point, you can have those occasional treats without fasting blood glucose going through the roof. And I've definitely noticed that when I first uh, adapted to a new healthy lifestyle and a new way of eating, even when I had those treats, I would still wake up with a high fasting blood sugar level. But now after much more time of eating healthy and eating the right way, I can eat those treats once in a while and I'll still wake up with a lower fasting blood sugar level. And that's because I have metabolic flexibility or basically my body can handle eating in a not ideal way once in a while because it's been eating in such a good way for a long time. Someone says, I have been on a healthy diet for eight years now and it's true that have completely lost interest in sweets but not breads. I am stable though never reach metabolic flexibility. The moment I have a tiny carb treat, not talking about sugar, I gain a pound or two immediately and my blood glucose starts to level higher for weeks. I don't know, we all have different bodies it seems. The next person says, great stuff. I have a freezer full of homegrown tomato soups. Always grow far too many so I can do that. So that sounds really good and it's a good idea. Keep some frozen soup in the freezer and homemade of course, and you can enjoy that at any time. Yes, deciding ahead of time makes the temptations and the decisions so much easier. It's about making your reason to be healthy greater than temptation. And that's really important, your reason to be healthy. Why do you actually want to be healthy? So for me, for example, when I was reversing prediabetes, all I really cared about was my health and trying not to get to diabetes. I had more fearful reasons of why I wanted to reverse prediabetes. But eventually, once I actually did reverse prediabetes and I saw the amazing effect it had on my life, the increased energy levels, how all of my symptoms of prediabetes just went away, 
how I just felt strong and amazing in my own body, that's what motivated me to stay in it for the long term. It's not because of the fear of what would have happened. What was lasting for me and why I choose to eat healthy every day, or at least 90-95% of the time, is because I know how amazing I feel and especially the energy levels that it gives me, and I feel like my body's running how it should, that's what gives me motivation to stick to it. And that's why I think I'll stick to it for the rest of my time. So someone says, it's difficult. I have a good doctor that inspired me to lose weight by eating properly and lower my numbers. Lots of little changes. I walk. I basically have no choice. I need to be healthy. And someone else says, it makes it so much easier when your why is greater than temptation. I love that you choose healthy. Someone else says, you don't have to give up all carbs. Some carbs are still very much part of a diabetic diet. Try sprouted breads, pasta made from beans like edamame or ming beans or lentils. You can still have a drink with friends. Just control the quantity. There is so much variety for whole food choices. I recommend signing up for a course where you have support from an expert. And it's not about being perfect, but it's about being better. I love this. It's not about being perfect, but being better. When you have the right support and a circle of influence, you can get, you can get to make a shift towards better every day. To look better, feel better, and live longer. And I totally agree with that. You don't have to be perfect. Just just be better than you were yesterday just keep improving and it'll give you the motivation and energy to keep going as long as you see some progress and some improvements in your life that's all you need and you'll have the motivation the lasting motivation to keep going it's not so much the food but the relationship with food that we have just like anything else in life for me this has been a journey, and I finally have come to the point in life where I can see the draw, and turning off the response to the draw is getting easier. Whether out with friends, traveling, holidays, etc., I wish you well on your journey. Yes, I've turned off wanting response in general, but then it's in your face because other people enjoy it, and it's so hard to say no. I completely understand and can relate. It does take a certain amount of discipline. However, it's not impossible. I am finding that the further I venture into this new way of life, the more I am drawn away from the type of environment where unhealthy eating, excessive drinking, or whatever the case may be is the norm, and I'm naturally surrounding myself with more people who are like-minded. It's like a vacuum. Once something has been taken away, there is an empty space that will be filled with something else, healthier habits, and things like that. Isn't it so wonderful that the choice is ours? And that's so true, the choice is yours. You can eat how you want. You don't have to eat how those around you eat. You can make your own decisions, you can make your own food, and you can really control exactly what you put into your body and what you eat and eventually how you feel. My doctor says you don't have to say no, it's about moderation, but changing your lifestyle is different than dieting. That's why it's a lifestyle change. Watch calories, eat lower healthy carbs, and exercise daily. So that's something I've done, eating a lot less carbs, but still eating carbs and eating the healthier carbs. 
So again, the sweet potatoes or the lentils or chickpeas or things like that or even fruit as my carbs instead of rice and pasta and bread. If you are going to eat bread, sourdough bread is a good option or dark rye. And she continues, if you do these most days, it's helpful. If you do the drinks with friends and desserts most days, then you aren't changing your lifestyle. Hanging out with friends doesn't have to revolve around unhealthy choices. Are you there to visit your friends and family or are you there to eat? Americans have an unhealthy way of thinking that our celebrations need to revolve around food. We need to eat to live, not live to eat. In contrary to that, I really love eating and I feel like I live to eat, but at the same time, I found so many different recipes and things that I enjoy cooking and things I get really, really excited for that are still healthy and still don't spike my blood glucose levels and that I could really, really enjoy in a way that makes me feel great and makes me stay out of those pre-diabetes ranges. I offer one suggestion. Instead of counting calories, consider counting chemicals. It's the processed sugars, flours, and man-made foods that wreak havoc on our diet and on our body's response. Aiming for more whole foods, considering balance of complex carbs, lean proteins, and healthy fats keep our blood sugar balanced. Not to mention consistent water intake, stress management, and regular physical activity. I'd been feeling rough for a couple months last year and was diagnosed the week before Christmas. I did some research and immediately cut out simple white carbs, all sweet stuff like fizzy drinks, basically everything we love to eat. I started to feel better after a few days and quickly lost weight. My doctors recommended a diabetic prevention program, which I joined in February. I've stuck with the program, which recommends low to carb-free meals, plenty of veg, and two portions of fruit per day and exercise. Got my HbA1c result last week, so now I'm out of the pre-diabetic range. I no longer crave carbs and can't stand the taste of sweet stuff anymore. I don't ever want to go back to feeling the way I did, so this is the new way of life for me. So I also feel like she did, where you just feel so much better once you have energy and reverse pre-diabetes and just feel like feel like your body's working how it should. So that's really all the motivation you need to stay consistent with this way of eating for for the rest of time. And that's it. And it's really easy once you feel what it feels like to have stable blood sugar levels and to feel energized and motivated and feel like you can do what you want in your life. You nailed it on the head with the common challenges people face. It's never about a diet, but more about lifestyle shift, moving away from the processed foods and towards whole natural foods. Balance is key, not only with food, but with stress management and physical activity and the triad to health and longevity. And when it's too hard to do alone, having the right support and accountability partner can make all the difference. And I totally agree with that. And I wish we would have just learned from a young age to eat whole natural foods and to stay away from processed foods. Because if we learn that and we put that into place from a young age, then we would have never had these problems to begin with. We would have had energy and never had symptoms of prediabetes and never felt bad or tired or 
things like that on a regular basis, we would have just felt strong and could have focused on our passion in life. But I'm happy I learned all this stuff now and I want to teach all of this to my kids as well and to everyone else who is having these same problems and these same symptoms to get you to a way where you're enjoying life and having energy to do the things you want to do. I think we're all here because we ate the things we loved and now we can't eat them. It's really hard. I've stayed the course. It takes years to get to where we are now and therefore time to reverse the habits and eating patterns. But every day we can make good choices to feel better, look better, and love longer. It's been eight years now. I get very weary of the constant planning and cooking and being aware, but I find that if I don't, I start adding a few carbs here or a few carbs there, and then I'm in trouble. I still haven't figured out how to balance my exercise and carbs, but I won't quit trying. I find myself saying, at least I'm doing something. I have friends who just completely don't try. I am concerned about where that is going to end up for them. This fall, I actually purchased a low-carb cookbook so I could get some ideas for desserts and breads and muffins. It was very encouraging. And I'm cooking again in an effort to have food that tastes good. My hardest thing to deal with is all the traveling that I do. It's not smart to eat the exact same thing every day for a month. So lots of brain stretching and constant finger pricking and Googling carb contents. Hanging there, at least in today's world, we have a lot of very tasty alternatives. That's amazing you're cooking again. One of the keys to longevity is preparing and cooking your own foods. You can get so creative and have much more control when you make what you eat. Do you travel for work? Much of my traveling has to do with a lot of illness and surgeries amongst parents, children, grandchildren these last five years, as well as second home 12 hours away. I also love to travel and want to do that as long as I can. Whatever I do, I want my program diet to be sustainable, although I also realize that something is better than nothing at all. I'm being good, but the carb craving doesn't lessen for me. I will eat some of my favorite carbs, pasta, once in a while, much less often and in smaller amounts than before. But it's a constant struggle. I miss pasta, potatoes every single day. I'm getting my A1C this weekend, so I'll see if there's progress. And yeah, you don't have to fully cut out pasta or bread, for example. But like she said, it is important to have smaller portions and to eat it less frequently. But you can have those pasta substitutes like chickpea pasta or lentil pasta. Lentil pasta is one of my favorites. And for me, it takes me away from that craving towards normal pasta. It's a really good substitute. And I think a lot of people will like that. And someone else says, it's a lifelong learning experience. And it is. And you have to find the tips and the tools that work for you for eating in a healthy way and in a sustainable way for you. So once you find that, you can get closer and closer to your ideal way of eating over time. You can consistently make small changes to the way you're eating and small improvements. And once you actually start to feel better, I think that will be the biggest motivation to you to keep eating in a healthy way. Because for me at least, one of my biggest motivations is seeing how amazing I feel now and not wanting to go back 
to how I used to feel in the past. I want to keep this energy as I keep getting older, and I want to keep feeling amazing. And if my new way of eating is what will get me there, then that's what I'll continue doing. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Find Your Nutrition podcast. Share this with a friend, and it will really mean a lot to me if you take a few seconds and give this podcast a five-star rating. I'll see you next week, everyone. Mm